Hello, everyone. You are listening to Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Real Conversations, of course, is sponsored by Boys Town. Boys Town has been saving children, healing families for over 100 years. Please go to boystown.org to find out how you can help donate the, to the girls and boys of Boys Town. Now, my guest this week is an actress, a singer, a writer, director, and a producer. She started working professionally at a young age in movies, theater, and TV, and she's never slowed down since. Her successful career spans classic television like St. Elsewhere, iconic films like My, F- My Favorite Year, and she is one of daytime television's most popular stars. She's currently in rehearsal at Cape May Stage in the hit London and Broadway play Shirley Valentine. Now, she's a three-time Emmy winner, who all my children fans will know as Dixie. During my time on All My Children, I simply called her mom. My guest this week is my Pine Valley mother, Katie McLean. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Katie, thanks for joining me. Oh, Jacob, it's so good to be here, and it's so good to see you. It's good to see you. (laughs) Now, I know you're busy rehearsing the play Shirley Valentine, and you're the only person that's on that stage, so it's a very challenging role. (laughs) It's 41 pages of a monologue. (laughs) 41. I have been memorizing for two months. Uh, We just finished our first week of rehearsal, and, you know, I just work all day and then come home, look at lines and pass out and then get up and do it again. Basically, <laughs> Well, you, you've been doing that for years. <laughs> it's true. It's sort of familiar, except these are the same lines, which is so exciting. Yeah. And it's just a really interesting process to look at um, myself as an actor on daytime versus working as a, a, as a theater actress, which is something that I've always wanted to do more of and you know people talk about how that process is different and what you can discover doing theater and I am definitely having that experience which is wonderful and I would I can't wait to see you up there Jacob when when are you going to get on stage next well we will just have to see I'm still I'm still (laughs) doing that auditioning process I've got an audition for Outer Banks today I have to have to get done well it's kind of uh perfect because most of most of it shoots here in Charleston anyway so nice. it'd be nice to be able to work uh, from home. <laughs> yeah, I could see you doing that. That's great. That's great. Well, you had an amazing Broadway experience, I remember, uh, in the musical. Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to blank on it. It's the um, Beauty it's a and Disney the Beast. Musical. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was. Oh, it was an God. incredible time. Uh, and yeah. never in a million years would I have thought that I would ever have been so lucky to be on the Broadway stage to do something yeah, like that. But that was a, really. but it is that a thrill. Like, you know, like in the going down there and going, because the theaters are so small, right? I mean, you think like oh, Broadway, it's going to be massive, but they're not, they're little, these little broad, these theaters yeah. in, in the Times Square, you know? Yeah, it's so true. For the but most part. I have to tell you, I was, you know, petrified. You know, every night, like it was so scary. Like, but then like once you you break that first little sweat, then it's sort of eases into it. But boy, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a little nerve wracking. 
I had one of those days just in rehearsal the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, all these, there's going to be people here <laughs> listening. There's but like, there's no wings, you know? I'm like, I was like, ready, okay, I'll have a teleprompter or something, you know? Nope, no backup. It's just me on stage working it out. So yeah. it's great. It's like it's another marathon. But I will say the writing by Willie Russell, uh, the playwright, oh my gosh, look him up. Uh, he's got some wonderful plays I think you'd be so good for. And he's just a delightful human that you, you, you learn about, you know, a playwright when you read their work, right? Right. And it just, uh, just, a, just a darling, lovely, insightful um, human being. And I'm just thrilled to be able to play this part because it's so, it's teaching me. Like, I'm learning about how I, I'm growing as a human being, like, working on this part. So... It's it's really beautiful and it's super yeah. funny and charming and um, you know people from England are really hilarious. Not all of them, obviously, but like many of them. And in particularly Liverpool, they just pride themselves on their sense of humor. So right, you're playing a Liverpool that. housewife. That's right. How That's right. is the accent coming along? It's coming along. <laughs> It's coming along. I, I there's a, a fellow I know who is from um, England, and I did it for him, and he said like. Oh, that's a very posh Liverpool. I was like, but Americans have to understand if I did like a, understand what I'm saying. If I did like a real Liverpool accent, you, you wouldn't understand a word. Right. You know? so <laughs> it's very, so I'm, I've got a nice soft Liverpool accent and um, I think uh, people will enjoy it. Good. Yeah. Of course. Of course they will. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was, when I spent some time in England, I know, I mean, and it, I was actually with Aidan Turner who is oh. from the UK, right? And, oh, yeah, sure. and of course, like, he would say to me, did you understand what that guy just said? I know he's speaking English, but I can't understand a word he's saying. Yeah. What is it they say? Two countries separated by a common language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the play Shirley Valentine has such a limit or timeless, of course, message. A revival is also, of course, playing in London's West End right now. Uh, can you tell everyone a little bit about this character and what you've learned about yourself playing her? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, she's a, a Liverpool housewife in the 1980s, and she is got, got married very young. She has two grown children, and her marriage has really become a grind. Um, it's almost like they don't like each other anymore, and they're just going through the motions. Um, they don't talk to each other anymore. She talks to the wall. She makes him his dinner. It's, um, you know, she's fallen into the uh, checking off the boxes of the things that you need to do to live a traditional life as a, as a woman in that time, right? And a friend of hers who is a feminist comes along and says, um, I've just bought you a plane ticket to come with me to Greece. And that sets in motion her own, like, oh, my gosh, you know, who am I? I? That's all I've ever wanted. And she runs into an old friend of hers from school. And um, and it begins to awaken her sense of possibilities for herself and what she might want out of life and who she is and trying to rediscover her own truth um, of, of her own identity Um so uh, that's just wondrous. And then, of course, everybody knows, you know, from the movie, right, she goes to Greece and then, you know, it's hilarity ensues. And but she really confronts herself uh, in a wonderful way and uh, 
what, like, it's almost like saying like, okay, you know, there's a wonderful line that says we don't, cause we don't do what we want to do. We do what we have to do and pretend it's what we want to do. Mm. Which is so like, oh, every time I bump into that line, I'm like, oh, oh, are you doing what you want to do? Are you doing what you want to do? Because life is short, mm-hmm. you know? And we, as we continue to get older, you're like, oh, but I can't, but it's, oh, but it's, oh, the risk. The older you get, the harder the, it is to risk. And yet this play says, you know, there's no time like the present to do the things that you've always dreamed of doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just love that so yeah. much. It's been very good for me. Sure. <laughs> now, like Shirley the reality of life sometimes can get in the way of our hopes and dreams. How do you think young people today can hold on to the optimism throughout their lives, their optimism? You know, I, I hate to say this, but I don't watch the news. I do not find the news to have any happy birding pandas. I do not. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like where, where are the birding pandas? There used to be, Baby, you know, Zhao was just born, and like yeah. it was on every channel. You'd have the end of the news. You'd at least get a happy birth of a panda, but right. there's none of that now, right? So we, I, I just am like, listen, I, I don't need to hear it. It'll come to me one way or the other through social media. I'll get the gist. If I need to read an article, someone will tell me. But um, I, I think, I think, I also encourage young people to make lists of the things that they like. You may not even love it, but you like you liked that book. Mm-hmm. You liked that movie. Uh, you like going surfing. You know, because these little things are 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 like breadcrumbs, you know, they're little clues along the way of who you are and, and what's gonna really make you happy in life as as you go forward. Yeah. yeah. You're such a talented, strong and intelligent woman. Um, and, and I, and I, and I, and I know that, uh, I know that you've also, um, have been an, an, an advocate for female voices for many, many years. And especially in the, the workplace, um, in this crazy industry, how important, sorry, rather, is it getting easier for women to make their mark in the world today? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I think there's been an important conversation that needed to be had. Um, and I think that conversation is um, still there because of the volume of that conversation about um, the abuse of power dynamics uh, sexually uh, on um on, on women and, and it's, it's developed into a conversation with men as well. Like, you know, that that's been important to have, like people in power need to recognize that, that, uh, it's that they have power and not to abuse it that way. Um, or they will get, you know, Ronan Farrow on there, but <laughs> 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 which was a, a much needed thing that needed to happen. And so I think show business in general has really woken up. Um, and now we're into the next conversation, which is about diversity and other voices um, and the importance of, you know, making space, making space for um, people who might not have been heard, people who might have a different perspective on life. And I think it's important because um, we all learn from that. We learn from um, 
Uh, otherwise, we're just repeating the same narrative over and over again. And that's, I mean, sure, it's fun, uh, you know, for, for some, but for there are other people that need to have their stories reflected back to them so they they can say, oh, my gosh, I do exist in this world. I am seen. Mm-hmm. And that, that little bit of I am seen, you know, foster kids are the same, you know, they need to be seen. They need to be heard. And um, so I think um, I think we're in a new time now where there's at least been a conversation on a on a national level about it. That's been important to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot more awareness. Um, it's not perfect, but no. hopefully it's uh you know, we're kind of coming around that corner, but I think, uh, there's just been a lot of, there's just been a lot of, uh, interesting conversations that have been going on. And of course I see it on social media as well, because we're, you know, obviously all of us have some sort of social media or most of us do. And I just find it, you know, um, terrifying at times, like what is happening, um, you know, in social media. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. How do you feel about social media, especially with young people? Well, you know, I saw a quote from someone the other day on social media, and I wish I knew who it was because I would credit them. But it was talking, and I, I believe this: that social media um, isn't really just connecting with friends, which is what it used to be. Like, oh, look, you know, what's Mary doing? Oh, that's so cool. Um, but that it's a it's a way to tell people who you are. And so attract potentially good, new, interesting people who have uh, similar interests and likes to you. So you can have a conversation about um, those things or maybe work together or do something fun together. Um, So I think it can be used as a tool, a creative tool. And in that regard, it's very healthy. I think the the dark side of it is uh, predators or uh, people who are... um, um, are, are cruel or mean or say nasty things. And then you just kind of have to get a thick skin, block, delete, report, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and just know that there's always going to be moths that get attracted to the light. Right. Yeah. I The one thing I see a lot of, and if you accidentally click on or, or like through a reel or whatever, the algorithm starts automatically like pointing you in a direction. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like I'll, you know, like I'll, something will be like, just come up and it's like something that some, somebody is over sexualizing. And then mm. next thing you know, I've got a whole stream of them coming in and it's mm. I'm like, whoa, 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 I wasn't asking for this. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's, that can be a little bit dangerous. Um, it's almost like takes you down this rabbit hole of that same thing. And I wish that they could do a little bit more about that, especially like on Instagram. I know TikTok is overboard sometimes. Um, mm. I, in fact, I've got all my kids off of TikTok. I mean, we, at, at first I was unaware. I was like, ah, it's fine. The kids are dancing and doing fun things. And wow. now it's just a little bit too crazy as a, you know, as, as a parent and having three sure. kids, I just, I'm like, you know what? I want them to still enjoy their childhood and not have uh, so much of that into their, their uh, minds and their faces all the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, shift, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and it's terribly addictive. Yeah. Um, you know, the not only the likes and the approval, or who looked at my post or whatever, but also just the um, visual of it, like, oh, picture, oh, picture, oh, picture, you know, oh, video, oh, oh. And so you can, you can, I mean, I am embarrassed by how much time I spend on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be like, no, put that down, read a book, have a life. 
So I can only imagine being a kid these days and how when you don't have that, like, oh, no, this might not be good for me. You know, you're just I mean, when I was a kid, we watched hours of television, hours and hours of television. So, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the it's it's the pictures have become very um, stimulating. And and yet they also I don't know. My, my sister and I actually went back and watched an episode. I think it was of Fantasy Island, and we were like, "Oh, that was so incredibly sexy! <laughs> oh, like that's how you should be!" And da 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 da. And um, so, you know, for kids these days, like they're getting that same messaging. Like that's how you should be. This is how people are. This is what life's about. So, I think it's wise to, as as a parent, and I think it's every parent's choice, of course, but. One might say, and I'm not going to tell anybody how to parent, I'm not a parent, but I would see the responsibility in that to say, you know, um, okay, structure. Now we got to know you get one hour and that's it, you know? Yeah. So same with TV or whatever you, you can choose to expose them to or, or not. Yeah. I'm I'm lost in TV these days because of so many streaming <laughs> platforms. I'm like, I don't ever know where to begin. I'm like, where, so which one do I want to look at today? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough. That's tough for sure. Now, you, you've worn so many hats in this industry. Is, is there one talent that you have that's the most fulfilling to you? Well, boy, that's a hard question. Um, that's a tough question. It's not funny. I mean, I would say most fulfilling, most fulfilling. God, that's hard. It's different with each one, you know, when I'm, it, and it, I have to say, it's really all about the material. It, it's, if I'm directing good material, it's the greatest feeling in the world. If I'm acting in great material, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Um, the, the, the few times I've been able to do a little producing and I really believed in what I was doing, it was thrilling and exciting. So I think, I think that's sort of going forward. My, my right now I'm focusing on acting again to really fulfill a dream that I um, did not fulfill when I was younger, you know, to step up to the plate and play different roles, bigger roles, crazier roles, character roles, you know, and I find, I find I'm a thousand piece puzzle person. So if you give me a challenge, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that's my <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. So yeah. if it's hard, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I find <laughs> the same crazy? as an actor these days. Um, I want to be challenged. I, 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 mm. I, I see these, you know, the, the same kind of roles that I had been playing for so many years. And I just got tired of, of that. And, you know, mm. I've had to have conversations with agents and say, look, you know, I'm, you know, if it's, if it's just going to be the good looking guy on dynasty, it's going to be a hard pass. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to dig my heels in a little bit. I want some subsidence. I want something that is going to be challenging. I want a character role. Um, Mm -hmm. I recently had a a producer's callback. Didn't get it, but it was, it was a great role. This guy was like a junkie living in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And, and, you know, it's this show called Blue Ridge, which was a film, and now they've turned it into a series. So it's like Mm. this gothic Southern crimes crime story and just really cool stuff. And I'm like, that's what I want to be doing. I want to, I want to be 
doing things like that. I don't want people just going, oh, yeah, he was the good-looking soap guy for so many years. Mm, yeah. But, no, I mean, I think that's smart, and it's a hard choice to make and some, to say no to some things in order to say yes to others. And But I, I think it's wise. I think it's and, – and you're talking about fulfillment, right? You're right. talking about personal fulfillment as an actor, as an artist that you can dig in and and that's the only way you can do it is to say to say no to some things and I, I feel the same way I feel exactly the same well fortunately because I've kept myself busy doing other things I'm able to say no um, mm. which actually has been a really fulfilling part of my life too to be mm-hmm. able to say look hey I mean I feel like I've come up with many excuses to my agents and representation I hope that, you know, that doesn't upset them. But I also feel like at the same time, it's like, look, you need to understand this is what I want to do. And I'm going to steer away from that. Now, if it's a major film or something like that, obviously, I'm going to consider. But if it's Mm. a TV series, I I want something that's a little bit more that requires more of me. Mm. Now, let's talk a little bit about positive heroes. I mean, they're not only important to young people, but they're important to all of us. Who are some of the role models that have influenced you and what did they teach you? Um, the first two that spring to mind, they're, they're very different. I like iconoclasts. I like um, people who are, who might be seen as like really out there on the edge of, of something. I, I really admire their courage. Um, uh, one of those people, do you know the performance artist, Lori Anderson? Yes. So I love her so much. I love her work. The level of risk-taking towards her own creativity, towards her listening to her own muse and the direction that muse wants to take her and saying yes to that without judgment and seemingly without fear. I mean, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love Marianne Williamson, who is a bold seemingly fearless, um, spiritual, who is a spiritual leader for a long time and has now become a politician and knows more about American history and politics, then I'm like, okay, let me get my notebook. Huh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Holy smokes. And I just admire so much for going up against, um, you know, the ridicule and the criticism and the... um, you know, other people's opinions about what she should or shouldn't do or should or shouldn't be. And, and I just, I, I, I love that, you know. You should be who you are. You should do what you want to do. You should believe what you believe in passionately and follow it to its very end because that's the journey, right? That's that's the journey. Yeah. That's worth taking, I think. No, I, I agree 100%. Now, you and I have both worked with some incredible people like David Canary. Uh, you've also played opposite movie icon Peter O'Toole. Uh, most people under 40, they have never even heard of those two icons or are even interested. Mm. How do you think we could fix that and preserve movie and TV history? You know, history is very important. Um, and I think the best thing that you can say to someone is, if you don't know where you're, um, you've been, you know, how can you know where you're going? Because the history has this incredibly horrible tendency to repeat itself. 
And not only that, you could you could point them to um, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, who is a an expert at uh, the history of directors that came before him all the way back to the silent age. He has more knowledge in that area than I'll probably, you know, at least equal to any great like historian with a PhD, because um, that's his world. That's his territory. That's, and, and so knowing the artists that came before you, I mean, also, by the way, you can steal from them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's the solution. Just tell them to go steal from them. Like, by the way, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. Every every you know great actor I I know says says that they go yeah. Well, you know everybody steals a little bit from here and there. Well, I mean, you know, there's a language right that's been developed. Just if you look at actors over time, right? Um, body language, um, you know, ways of expressing. Um, that, like, I watched Pauline Collins um, uh, several times, who played Shirley Valentine, because I was like, okay, you know, I've I've never done a Liverpool accent. I also watched another actress who um, from New Jersey that had they had it at the theater on film, um, in uh, and television on um, and tape. Sorry, theater T O F T theater on film and tape at the Lincoln Center Performing Arts Library, mm-hmm. and. I was like, ooh, look at that timing. Ooh, like, look at what she did there with her body. Ooh, look at that choice. Do I want to try that choice out? Did that work for me? Oh, no, it didn't. But ooh, that one does. So it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And it, you know, it just puts you also in the in the line of this great history, you know, of of those that came before, you know. And you're a part of this history. And when you die, the history will go on, you know. So you need to find your place in history, and the only way you can do that is by knowing what came before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig in, dig in, dig in. Figure it out. Still, yeah. <laughs> no, it's totally. true. Yeah, no. Borrow, I mean, borrow, and then yeah. add on to it. You know, it's like we need we need all these colors. We need all this information. We can't just constantly just try to mine and pull it out of our own. You know. Um, the nicest way to say it is our, you know, the, the back of our own mind. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Pulling it out of somewhere else. But like, you know, <laughs> you know, we, we learn, we learn from those that came before and, and they're full of, of great ideas and wisdom and in, information and areas that they've mined and explored. And I mean, it's just inspirational as well to, to see how they've done it. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other things that you've been up to, um, you know, that, that, that have really, you've grown artistically with, uh, as far as art, an artistic director. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, I also want to say one thing about that last point, too, sure. and, and it, it goes right into the artistic directorship, which is, um, you know, it's so, community is so important. And to have a community around you of people that also can, you can have a conversation with about the business and that support you and that want to come to your shows or that you go to their shows or you talk about, you know, what's one thing that we had in, in daytime in this funny way was that we had some kind of sense of community and we would come together at the Emmys and we would be like, that was really great work that that person did this year. And, and we'd be able to all support that. Um, not all the time, but at times it, 
it, it, it could pop up and, and exist. Um, and the nice thing about being the artistic director of a theater company is that it has the, a similar sensibility on a much smaller scale where I get to see the same people and, um, oh, it's so-and-so's turn. They're doing a reading now and this is this little group and, oh, now it's this person who's directing and this person who's producing. And so that's been very sweet, you know, really sweet and, and really, really lovely, um, you know, being able to kind of craft it. So, okay, this person wants to go over here. Okay, great. Okay, now, oh, we got this new people coming in. Great, let's put them here. So it's like crafting a little community and uh, of people. And, and then we are of service to the wider community. And we put on this show or we put on this reading and, and people get to come and get inspired or come take classes. And you know what that's like. And mm-hmm. that's very satisfying. Yeah, it's very yeah. satisfying. You know, I have to say one thing that has changed with me as I've gotten older, um, you know, when I was a young actor, I couldn't help but feel um, when somebody did something good or got on a nighttime show or they suddenly like had broken out of daytime, there was like this apparent jealousy that was inside of me, like this like fire. And... um and I, I eventually, I don't know when it exactly turned for me, but when I realized that that wasn't everything to me in my life to just concentrate on that competitiveness of, of the industry, that's when I really started to enjoy it. And I can embrace my fellow actors and say, congratulations, that's amazing. That's amazing what you're doing. I'm so happy for you. But mm. I remember as a young actor, like those words would not cross my lips. Um, mm. I just be like, oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but but, but sure, I think I think yeah. because of it, it, because it is such a competitive industry. Yeah, but I but you know I but I, it, that has definitely changed as I've gotten older, and I I can absolutely appreciate you know when somebody does something great. I think that's uh, I think that's a key to to most success is 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 being able to um, uh, you know be able to give back to somebody in that way and say, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, I, I think if you don't mind my saying, you know, what you went through feel, sounds very natural to me because we have to, before you can be, you can be empathetic and happy for someone else's breakthrough. You have to have your breakthrough. You have to, and you, in order to get to breakthrough, you've got to get up your courage and overcome your fear and like get in the room and then do your best when you're in the room and then keep the job. And it's a lot of pressure over a pretty, over years, years and years of time um, just to get in the room and just to get the job and keep the job. Yeah. So I think maybe cut yourself a little break <laughs> because, <laughs> because that is, it, it, it requires that kind of focus, I think, and, yeah. and requires that kind of determination. And like, I can't think about you right now. I got to do me and I got to get on the track. Um, and then once you've had your, you know, oh, you know, I'm flying, you know, okay, good. Now I know who I am. I know what that's like. Oh, you're doing it now too. <gasps> oh, you know, then you can see somebody else soar and, and be like, you know, and especially if you help them in any way. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing feeling. I love that feeling. Yeah. So good. No, so true. Now, Katie, if you could take a ride in the Jacob Young time machine, <laughs> what advice would you give to teenage 
Katie? To me? To teenage me? Mm-hmm. Oof. I guess I would say um, learn to be self-validating. Learn as soon as you possibly can to be self-validating. Like, I did this work. I feel good about it. Check in, like have that check-in, inner check-in. Do I like it? You know, um, there's an artist, uh, great playwright, um, John Patrick Shanley, who said in one of his interviews I read that he looked at himself in the, and he walked out of something and he saw himself reflected in a glass mirror and he, and he just suddenly spontaneously said, I'm all right with you if you're all right with me. And he said it to himself. And are we okay? We got this. We got this. I think it's so important. And it, it, it is not something that it, maybe it came spontaneously to him, which is fantastic. Whatever the circumstances were, his own character, you know, and all of that included, but, um, to, or whatever he had read, you know, but, to, to know yourself and approve of yourself and then to listen to your own instincts and guide yourself. I mean, I'm still working on that, mm. you know, and it is a challenge, but it is ultimately also so deeply rewarding. And it goes back into that world of what do you like? It doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. it doesn't matter at all. Because the joy that you're going to have from interacting from the thing that you like is going to grow and grow and grow the more that you interact with it. And it's so basic. It's the thing that a good, really, really great parent would say, right? Like, do you like it? Then that's good enough. And I think that's what I would be, knowing that that wasn't going to come you know, knowing now that wasn't going to come at me from the world that I grew up in. I did not get that kind of upbringing or, you know, kind of validation. I, I, I wish I had. If I met me back then, I'd be like, it's you, baby. It's you and you. And you're going to have to learn how to guide yourself through. And I think there's always been like a little part of me that had that, that was like, I see this situation. And I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to move myself over here because that's not good. Um, but I spent a lot of years like wanting other people to tell me, tell me, tell me, is that right? Am I doing the right thing? Can you pat me on the back? Can you give me a hug? Can you, you know, give me, be my cheerleading squad? And now I'm like, that is not the way it's, it's in here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. The last question I have is, uh, well, not quite the last question, but uh, my sponsor, Boys Town, their motto is, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, which, mm. of course, uh, back in the day, um, began when Father Flanagan was observing uh, some of the young kids help out a child who uh, couldn't walk and they didn't have the supplies or wheelchairs to do that. So the boys would take turns to take them to sporting events and class and all of that. And so father asked him one day, he said, isn't he heavy? And he says, not heavy father. He's my brother. Meaning in our lives, we've all had somebody who's carried us. 
or multiple people who have carried us, who's carried you? Well, most of the time I've paid them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money to carry me. Um, but the people that I have not carried, who have not paid to carry me, um, you know, some friends, um, you know, John, um, there's some old, old family friends, um, that's, you know, it's, it's funny. It kind of moves, it kind of shifts, um, I don't think in my late twenties, you know, there was a family, an Italian family that I was very close with, and I don't think they even meant to carry me. They were just—they had no idea what they had an idea, but they didn't have an idea of what it was like for me. My mother died, you know, when I was twenty-five, and and I and my sister had to move away for work, and my father wasn't anywhere around, so I was completely on my own, and um, and they were just there. And I think that's also just a way someone can be carried is, you know, they let me sleep on their sofa. They said, come over for Sunday dinner. You know, they were just living their lives, but they allowed me in and they, they included me in that. And all these years later, you know, it's still, do you want a key to the apartment? Do you want to come over and take a nap? You know, and um, we haven't always been in touch through the whole time, but there was, that level of caring was born many years ago and um and i'm so grateful for for that um and i think it's something other people can emulate it's just a bit of generosity of space for for kids that or and or young people you know that are obviously struggling or maybe not so obvious but if you think about it and you look at them you go i think that person just needs to come over for dinner uh maybe once a month on a sunday you know just have them over and they'll they'll never forget it. It'll be the greatest thing that you ever did for them, you know? Yeah. Again, thank you for sharing that. First, tell everybody how they can keep up with you and where they should go. Oh, yes. Come on over to Instagram. That's where <laughs> I spend most of my time. Instagram goes to Facebook and, um, and Twitter, but uh, I'm mostly on Instagram at Katie McLean, which is my name, Katie McLean, C-A-D-Y-M-C-C-L-A-I. Nice. And tell everybody where uh, the dates that you're going to be in Shirley Valentine on at Cape May stage. Yes, uh, we have our sort of a preview on June 7th. We our opening night is June 8th and there's 24 shows and it's um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and uh, nights and a matinee on Sunday all the way through July 2nd. So it's just a month of shows here in Cape May, New Jersey, which is this beautiful Cape May stage, this beautiful church that's been renovated to a lovely little theater. Oh, Mr. Peanut's going to say hello. Oh, there's Mr. Peanut. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. I was, I was sleeping. Oh, I think I'm going to go down <laughs> back to sleep now. <laughs> Um, yes, and Cape May is wonderful. It is so pretty. Mm. It's the uh, America's oldest, or first, I think, yes, yeah, seaside village. And so it's tons of Victorians. It's its, its own little island between the, the Delaware Bay, I believe, and the Atlantic Ocean. And then there's a canal. You have to go over a bridge to get here. And it's just so sweet and lovely. And um, I, I would uh, really encourage everyone to come out, enjoy themselves, and 
and come see the show. It's it's darling and funny and fun and sweet and uh, and you'll walk away. I think feeling like oh, I'm I want to go live, and that's the best feeling there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy rehearsal schedule to talk to all of us today. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. It's so good to talk to you and to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. For fans who are in the New Jersey area and you want to, you know, you don't want to miss, of course, Katie in one of the theater's greatest roles, Shirley Valentine. She'll be at Cape May Stage June 7th through July 2nd. Check out Cape May Stage online for ticket information. Break a leg, Katie, and I wish I could be there to see you in person on stage. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's about all the time that we have for this week, but the Boys Town Toll-Free National Hotline, 1-800-448-3000, is a 24-7 crisis resource and referral number for kids and their parents. They're also there to help anyone having suicidal thoughts, risking any type of self-harm, parenting problems, physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, stress, anxiety, anger problems, school problems like bullying and peer pressure, and of course, chemical dependency. If you are suffering with any of these issues or you just need someone to talk to, they're there for you 24-7. Just call the Boys Town National Hotline at 800-448-3000. Don't feel like talking? You can text VOICE to 20121. Someone will get back to you immediately. Boys Town, saving children, healing families. Till next time, love each other and love yourself.